Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. I, I, let me make sure I get it right. I'm not like super, super like expert at football, but uh, if I understand it right, 49ers are playing and the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Yeah. A couple claps here and there. Anybody know the slogan for the 49ers? I don't hear it. The faithful. Yeah, the faithful. Yeah, it's a good slogan. And uh, I heard of the slogan for Kansas City Chiefs. I haven't heard that one, but that sounds very legit right there. Yeah, I, what I had heard was uh, too many Chiefs, not enough victories. But I, I know. Now, here's the deal. I'm actually hoping Kansas City wins just because they have great barbecue up there. I was there last summer, and I know that's an important reason. How many of you are 49er fans, though? You know, it's hard to ask that in the midst of a bunch of Seahawks fans, isn't it? But I'm sorry, they're not in it. So how about, how about Kansas City Chiefs? Several of you? Okay. It's like mixed. Wow. Hopefully you have more fun at your party than you're having right now, because you guys need a little more energy going here. But hey, I want to ask you about a couple of slogans, see how well you do with this. Um, these are things you probably, you, you're going to get really fast, but melts in your mouth, not in your hands. M&Ms, that's right. How about this one? Uh, more, eat more chicken. Chick-fil-A. That's right. And I understand they're coming soon, so we'll see. The quicker picker-upper. You guys are really too good. Okay, here's the last one for you. North Church's motto. Saying yes to God. Yes. Yes. Kevin has his yes shirt on today. I said that's what I needed. Yes, right in the middle, right? Hey, these taglines help us remember things, right? And, and saying yes to God is kind of what we're about. Now, sure, you could unpack that and go a lot of places with that. But really, when you boil it all down, we want to help people say yes to God. Say yes to what he did on the cross. Say yes to forgiveness. Yes to salvation. Yes to generosity. Yes to justice. Yes to love. Yes to obeying God wherever he calls us to go, whatever he calls us to say, whatever he calls us to do, that we would just say yes to him. It's pretty simple, isn't it? But it's amazing how your life changes as you begin to say yes to God, as it's just this continual desire to say yes to him, to please him, to walk with him. And, uh, and what he does in our life is just incredible through that journey. And so we're going to talk in a series over the next five weeks about saying yes to God through a specific strategy called bless. We're going to just talk about what that looks like. How do we live the Jesus mission in the everyday of our lives, where we work, where we go to school, on the sports field, where we're playing, on the ski lift, when we're eating out, when we're grocery shopping, in our neighborhood, I mean, everywhere we go, how can we live out the Jesus mission saying yes to God? We're going to talk about that over the next five weeks. Some people think 
that God's mission started with the disciples. And actually, if you go back all the way into the book of Genesis, what you'll see is that that covenant, that mission of saying yes and being blessed and then being a blessing started with Abraham. We're going to read it together here in Genesis chapter 12, verses uh, 1, and 1, 2, and 3. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. In these three short verses, that word is used, bless, is used five times. And God has a blessing strategy of how he wants us as his people, those that follow Christ, to bless this world around us. We are blessed in order to be a blessing. And so God said to Abram, Go, go. And our God is constantly on the go. He's constantly at work. He's constantly blessing people. And and he's called us to go as well. We see that in Matthew 28 where Jesus gave that commission to his disciples. He said, go into all the earth, into all the world, and make disciples of all people, right? Teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. And the key word is making disciples. But the the idea behind this, this passage, this commission, is wherever you go, in all of your going, be making disciples. And so we are called to be a people that go. We are sent. We're sent by a missionary God who sends his people into the world. So do you see yourself that way? That might be a good question. Do I see myself... Not just I support a missionary, someone who goes overseas or somebody who goes somewhere else, but I am the missionary. God wants you and I to see ourselves as those who follow Christ, as missional people, people who are sent. That's what the word mission means, sent, that we are a sent people by a God who sends his people. And he, why, why does he do it? Why does he send us to be a blessing? He's blessed us, and now he wants us to be a blessing to others. You don't have to manufacture it. All we have to do is realize what he has invested in us, and then be willing to pour it out in other people's lives. It's a blessing strategy. And there's no better person, right, than to see that working through than Jesus Christ. You look at Jesus, you see that everywhere he went... He blessed people, young and old. He blessed people of different religions, different cultures. He blessed people who were close to him and people who were far from him. In his most famous teaching, the Sermon on the Mount, he begins with this uh, well-known verse, and he gives us nine ways that we can be blessed in our life. We're not going to unpack all of it, but I wanted to list it on the screen, and we can kind of look at some of these. Blessed are the poor in, the, in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. 
Blessed are, pure, are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And lastly, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Jesus is showing us how to live a blessed life. He wants us to be blessed so that we can pour that blessing out into other people. The word blessed means happy or successful or well-resourced. God has given those blessings to his kids. I love this passage in Mark 13 where Jesus goes and he begins to bless the children. You remember the disciples are trying to keep the kids away from Jesus. And it says people were bringing children to Jesus so that he would what? Bless them. Then he hugged the children and blessed them. There's something powerful in this word. And it's more than just kind of like, I'm living the blessed life, man. I'm blessed. I mean, God created uh, you to hold blessing, but to pour it out. We're not made to be buckets. We're made to be rivers, rivers of blessing that we pour out on other people. Look with me in Luke's uh, story, Luke 19, of Jesus blessing a person by the name of Zacchaeus. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. That's a key word. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree and to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. Notice in the very first line, it says that Jesus was passing through Jericho. It was not on his plan. It wasn't in his holy schedule to hang out with Zacchaeus that day. And oftentimes when God has people he wants us to talk to, to reach, they are not in our schedule. They're not part of our day. They can even appear to be an interruption to our day. And yet Jesus stops and he engages in a conversation with, with Zacchaeus. You remember what he said. He said, I'm going to go to your Super Bowl party today. He said, I, I'm going to come to your house, hang out with you today, and eat with you. And that was this, that, that, in that day and in that culture, that was, a, that was a sign of initiation of friendship. Zacchaeus is a tax collector. He is hated by people. He is misunderstood and he, he's actually someone that many in their day and time would see as kind of a criminal. He's in cahoots with the Roman government, even though he, he's a Jew. And so people did not like eating with Zacchaeus, didn't like being seen with him. And here Jesus reaches out to the person who is furthest away from him. And he says, I want to hang out with you. I want you to know me. I want to know you. And Zacchaeus ends up finding his way back to God. And you remember that great kind of conversion of the mind and the heart and the pocketbook where he goes, man, I'm going to give everything I've stolen back. And, he, and Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost that is a powerful statement right there. That one, Jesus is saying today, it's immediate. 
It's not after you turn your life around and you start to clean up your act. It's not when everybody else sees that you're performing well now in life, where you get your morals figured out, where you quit being so confused, where you quit uh, ripping people off. Jesus said, no, today, in this moment, my grace is affecting this person. We often think it's when we get our life together that we can come to God. It's when we get our life together, when we quit doing certain things, then God will accept me. Do you know that God accepts you today? Just as you are, he loves you and he accepts you. And you don't have to perform for him. You do not need to change for him. But he loves you too much to just let you stay that way. So he'll prompt you to change. And he'll help you to change. Because he'll empower you with his Holy Spirit. And his Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into the paths of right living. But it's a process. But it, something happened that day, in that moment. And Jesus said, you're a son of Abraham. He's pronouncing the very, uh, the, the very uh, image of God on this person, saying, I see you as more than just a criminal. I see you as a son of Abraham, a son of God, a daughter of God. Every day, Jesus was on the go. He was blessing people. He was looking for people that could actually interrupt his schedule and reach out to them and help people find their way back to him. Abram was called a blessing. He was given a blessing, and then he was meant to be a blessing. Jesus was blessed to be a blessing. And now Zacchaeus was blessed to be a blessing as well. Paul, in his letter to Galatia, he draws this straight line from Abraham all the way to you and I. And he says, understand then that those who have faith, those who are Christ followers, are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. Isn't that cool? That in advance, way back in the days of Abraham, the gospel is being announced. That you're going to be a blessed. You're going to be blessed to be a blessing. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. You are a son or a daughter of Abraham. And you have been blessed with the same blessing. That's what Paul is saying here. And that you are now called to be a blessing to other people as well. That's the same promise given to Abraham as given to you. Our lives aren't meant to be buckets just to collect blessing, but to be rivers to pour it out into other people. When we say yes to God's words and yes to God's ways, the blessings we receive then begin to flow out of our lives. The Apostle Paul put it this way in 2 Corinthians 5. He said, when anyone lives in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God. He brought us back to himself through Christ's death on the cross, and he has given us the task of bringing others back to him through Christ. God was bringing the world back to himself through Christ. He did not hold people's sins against them. God has trusted us with this message that people may be brought back to him. The message of God's love and of his grace. 
that he no longer holds our sins against us, that you can have a fresh start, that you can say yes to God and see your life begin to change as a process over time in ways that you could never have dreamed. It's a message from heaven. It's a message Jesus preached. And he's called us to speak that same message into other people's lives. We're blessed to be a blessing. I'm here today because of someone who was willing to do that. Her name was Joe Nelson. At the time I was 19, she was about 60 or so. I thought she was probably 90, but it's just because I was 19. She was like my age now, like right in that neighborhood. I guess really old. But she was a retired school teacher. Uh, or I'm sorry, a nurse, a retired nurse. And she took a risk on me. She heard that uh, there was a college student in Fresno, California that needed a place to stay during the summer, needed to rent a room. And she had heard that through her church because I had called different churches looking for a place to stay. And I was still confused in my life. I was still had a lot of hate, a lot of anger, still addicted to drugs. But I was trying to figure out some stuff in life. I was in college, had to pay my tuition. I was selling books in this, sound, in this uh, city for the summer, needed a place to stay. And this lady, this retired nurse, Joe, took a risk on this young college student, allowed me to rent